0: Loki, Rocky, be thou not afraid. No harm will come unto thee. what do you want from me? No efforts are needed for the survival of all earthlings. How can I do that? Come, I shall show it. What you have just heard was a dramatized retelling of Contact, a case of contact which was established in 1996 on a lonely stretch of highway between a man named Rocky Crickinson and what many assumed to be an extraterrestrial entity, what Rocky later confirmed to actually be a visitor from a faraway place, but a much more terrestrial one. This is a tale of misinterpretation, of suppression of evidence, and of spiritual enlightenment. So, sit back, relax, and let me share the details of this amazing case I dug up. The weird, the bizarre, the unusual case of Lord Kimboat. Guys, right off the bat, this whole episode may sound kinda fishy, especially when we get to the crazy stuff that occurred later. But this is only because the info on this specific case is extremely rare. It occurred at the same place and at the same time as another possibly related alien abduction case that was much more well documented. It itself was investigated by the local police, the FBI, the military. I am not planning to go into that case. You know the type of stuff I cover, the weird bizarre one-off cases. So just Lord Kimboat for today. Now, when I was a kid in the 90s, I was watching a lot of weird television programs on TV related to the paranormal and to the UFOs and alien encounters. I remember this case being covered by one of those shows. They had some kind of dramatized retelling with pretty shitty looking costumes. And they even made the UFO with CGI in the mid-90s. Oh, the 90s. What a wonderful time you were. But yeah, I can't find that show anywhere now. It probably was never that popular to begin with anyway. It's not even on Netflix. So, you know, I don't have much sources, but I did find something. So this case was extensively documented in this book from 1996, just titled... From Outer Space. I think I saw it back then. It had a bluish cover and the head of a grey on the cover. And since it is not available online, and I can't even find it on Amazon, I tried to search books with a gray's head on the cover. And all I'm getting is Communion by Whitley Stryber. Isn't that uh, fiction? I never read it. But there was a movie based on that book with Christopher Walken. So, I don't know, or... Is it just non-fiction science fiction? Well, I can't find this book. And the author's name is just Jose Chung. He has the most generic, bland, bleeping name I ever heard. And it's not helping me find this blankety book on the internet. Ugh. Well, there are some excerpts here and there, and I'll go off of that. But for the main source, I am using this website, Alien Species Wiki. It's kinda like the Cryptid Wiki, but of Alien Species, of course. They have a whole article on this entity, and, you know, we cryptid podcasters always use the Cryptid Wiki as a main source, so, hey, I'm an alien podcaster, so I may use the Alien Species Wiki. I'm doing legit research here. Anyway, this incident occurred in Washington State, on a lone stretch of road somewhere in Class County, on April 12th, 1996. Yeah, I am intentionally recording on this very date as a tribute to the case. But anyway, it was around midnight, and this guy named Rocky Crickinson, a utility worker, was out on a call fixing a power line. He drove his van down the road while returning home, and witnessed a… very peculiar set of circumstances, which made him stop the van. There, in front of him, was an abandoned car, with both the driver and passenger doors open, and with a young man and a woman lying unconscious in front of the car. Oh no, but this is not the weird part. No! In front of these two persons were what appeared to be two greys. Gray aliens. But they did not look very... Realistic, as Rocky said, they were kind of rubbery. I know that Betty Dreason uh, had encounters with greys and said that they looked like they were made of clay. That's an interesting tidbit. But anyway, their backs were turned towards Rocky's van, and their UFO was nearby down the road shining a white light on the road. But no, this is still not the weird part. Rocky actually stated in his manifesto titled The Truth About Aliens by Rocky Crickinson, which was provided to investigators and then lost along the way, that these grey aliens were 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 cowering with their arms over their heads, trying to defend themselves from an attacker. Another third entity, but this entity was not a Grey. It was at least 10 feet tall, completely red, very bulky and muscular. It had three clawed fingers on its hands, and it appeared to be a cyclops, it had a single eye on its forehead. Now per the description, this reminds me of the cyclops from Clash of the Titans, you know that old movie, not the new CGI one but the old one with the stop motion cyclops animated by Ray Harryhausen, it was kinda like that, but red. And you know, red is the color of Russians. And back in 1989, there was an encounter in Russia of a giant cyclops robot thing. It was described in a book by Jacques Vallée. Maybe that case is kind of related to this one, but I digress. There was also this red light that was shining down on the entity from what appeared to be its own spacecraft next to the craft of the greys. But it was black and triangular and shined with this red glow. Now this giant entity was growling like a monster, and tried to slash at these poor greys with its giant claws. I don't know what the deal was with the two kids laying unconscious on the ground, Rocky never went into that, because of what happened next. (sighs) Rocky claimed that this giant entity looked at him, and being filled with fear and awe, and primordial terror, the witness just laid over his driver and passenger seats in an attempt to, you know, hide from this entity. But the entity approached his van, and this is why I define this as a contactee case, because the being actually called out to Rocky, using his name, it yelled Rocky, Rocky, and Rocky sat up, slowly, looked at this being, as it said, and this is a quote, Be thou not afraid, no harm will come unto thee. But it was not moving its mouth, so it was as though this being was communicating telepathically. Rocky asked what it wants from him, and the being stated that efforts are needed for the survival of all earthlings. (laughs) Very weird, but... Not too weird, as contactees usually do report aliens telling them that they are the chosen one for the betterment of all humanity and whatnot. But most contactee cases are with completely human-looking entities. You know, George Adamski and the Space Brothers, or Frank Stranges and his encounters with valiant Thor, or even Woody Derenberger who contacted Indrid Cold also on a lone stretch of road in the middle of nowhere. They were all human, not psychologically. Ecloptic red giants. But, whatever. So Rocky asked this creature how he could do this, how he could help all earthlings. And the creature said, this is also a quote, Come, I shall showeth. Yeah, those are the words from Rocky's alleged manifesto, as documented in From Outer Space. Rocky then stated, and this is a direct quote, Before I knew it, I was aboard the hover vessel, and was not heading into outer space, but inner space, heading towards the Earth's molten core, for that is the domain of the third alien, whose name, he soon told me, was Lord Kinboat. Now, you could say that this Rocky dude has an overactive imagination, but let's face it, he comes off as a nut. Allegedly, his whole manifesto was written in screenplay format, and within it he even described an inner core reincarnated soul's sex orgy. But nevertheless, I do find this case interesting, because we always assume if we see an entity with an associated UFO or a flying spacecraft, that it is an alien from outer space. But it cannot be more ironic that what we assumed to be an alien in this case, and what Rocky himself assumed to be an alien, turned out to be a creature from Hollow Earth. There are numerous stories out there of UFOs exiting out of crevices in the Earth. There are even USOs, Unidentified Submerged Objects, which come out of the ocean. All of these could possibly be coming from some subterranean civilization, if we just stopped assuming that aliens are all from outer space, bleepety blank, (sighs) and… There's not much more to this case, okay? I would like to dig up more info, but Rocky's manifesto was allegedly stolen by mysterious strangers dressed in black. Once it was handed over to an investigator, but a copy was allegedly obtained by this writer Jose Chung, but as he has such a generic name, I can't find anything about him. But speaking of the men in black, Rocky claims to be visited by them after writing his manifesto. Allegedly, as soon as he finished writing it, in his garage, the garage door opened and he witnessed this black Cadillac turn into his garage in reverse, and just parked itself inside there, inside the garage, and then the garage door closed behind it. On its own. Out of the driver's side emerged a classic man in black, you know, black suit, black fedora. He was very tall and spoke with a very deep, intimidating tone. He had long hair and a beard. But unlike the typical MIB, this entity was very muscular. He was buffed and ripped like a pro wrestler. Now, this strange man told Rocky that no object has been misidentified as a flying saucer more often than the planet Venus. I mean, maybe this MIB has been talking with Philip J. Class a bit too much, but I digress. Rocky felt like he was in some kind of trance, and the man in black mentioned how the former President James Earl Carter Jr. thought he saw a UFO once, but was actually witnessing Venus. This strange man tried to snatch away the manifesto, but Rocky clinked to it and said, for whatever reason, that he's a Republican? Ugh, this is not happening. This is not happening. Ugh. You know, this story is bleeping weird, but it must be told. It was covered only in this alien wiki, and I'm hoping someone out there listening to this will know how to dig up this blankety book. Well, then this man in black went off on monologues about Venus being at its peak brilliance that night. This guy has a hard-on for Venus. He also said how scientists cannot figure out how neural networks create self-consciousness, or how our eyes perceive two-dimensional images. He even mocked Rocky's scientific illiteracy, and at the very end told him if he tells anyone he saw anything other than the planet Venus, that he was a dead man. The MIB then returned to the car, and Rocky did state that there was another man in the passenger seat, but it was very dark and he didn't see the guy's face, though he did sense it was kinda familiar. Now this is all anecdotal, but around this very same town, people have described their own encounters with this same duo of men in black, and they stated that the other one looked like a familiar face from TV. But as is the case with all MIB encounters, the evidence is just anecdotal at best. It's just, you know, hearsay. There is this kid, Blaine Faulkner, who stated that he saw a man in black in the same town, but this man in black was disguised as a red-haired woman. And you know how they state that the lips of MIBs can be a bit too red like they are wearing lipstick? Well, in this case, this kid stated that this creature's hair was a bit too red. Now, as I stated previously, I am not going into the alien abduction case which happened in this town. If you're interested in that, go look it up. But regarding this Lord Kimbo entity, there were not really any other witnesses to this being except Rocky. Well, there was one. The investigator who detailed this case stumbled upon a man who identified himself as Lieutenant Jack Schaefer from the US Air Force. The investigator stated that this man blurted out the name Lord Kimboat before he was detained by the US military at some diner in the town. Now, the thing is… I tried searching up this Schaefer guy, and I am not finding any results. It's like this guy never even existed. Hmm. So, yeah, we only have Rocky's testimony to go off of. But where is Rocky today? Well, how the hell should I know? Uh, Back in 96, he moved away from Washington to El Cajon, California, where he fulfilled his destiny of an alien contactee and established his own... Spiritual movement, let's say it like that. Just like his predecessors, George Adamski and Frank Stranges, and per some former members I found on the internet, he preached that at each death, the soul descends further and further into the inner Earth, attaining some kind of higher levels of purification and reaching enlightenment at the Earth's core or some crap. And some other bullshit about Lava Men. But, you know… Was Lord Kimboat maybe, a lava man? An entity not from hollow earth, but rather from the depths of the earth's molten core. I mean, nothing can live down there. You could even go the Christian route and say Lord Kimbot was a demonic entity posing as an alien. I know that's a very popular thing right now. But, you know, he may have been something more of a spiritual being. And, you know, this whole story reminds me of the fairy folk, the fae. Could Lord Kimboat have actually been a fairy? Maybe Lord Kimboat was an ultra-terrestrial? Maybe even a talpa conjured up by Rocky's trauma while witnessing those greys off in the distance? Or, was Lord Kimboat… just… a character? A character I saw on a TV show a long time ago… How the hell should I know? Listener, so you've reached the very end. I have sparked your interest, and now you are thinking about covering this case yourselves—maybe on your podcast, maybe on your ufology blog. Well, fortunately for you, and unfortunately for those who are hot-headed, who go on copying other people's work without doing any verification of their own, and who do not stay usually until the end of a show or read the description, this episode's is a work of parody, and as many have already realized, Lord Kimboat, and Rocky, and most of the other characters I mentioned, were written by Darren Morgan for the TV show The X-Files, specifically the season 3 episodes Jose Chung's From Outer Space. And most of the characters, and most of the plot, are the property of Fox, Television, or whoever. Now, most copyright disclaimers state that under section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976, allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research. It is also considered fair use to do parody in the case that you are making a point by satirizing the original content. Now, since I need to create a point to this whole episode, let's just say the point is that maybe the paranormal and the ufology community believe all the shit they see on the internet, especially on and alien wikis, and then go and make content based on that so they can sell t-shirts and merch and be cool. Well, if you thought you can put Lord Kimboat on your shirts, think again. You'd be infringing on the copyright of the X-Files owners, whoever they are now. Are they Fox? Or is it Disney? If Disney bought Fox, am I fucked now? Well, it's all parody. I already stated the whole point of the parody that I was doing. But let's say it is not parody. It is uh, criticism. It is comment. It is news reporting. Am I reporting news if I am talking about an alleged alien entity? And thinking about that... Aren't we all infringing on the copyright of people who are reporting these alien encounters, especially those who come out as hoaxers? Is that then considered fiction, and is their account now intellectual property? Are we all infringing on the rights of hoaxers by covering their nonsense bullshit claims? Hmm. If nothing, the purpose of this episode is education. I am educating you on the problem that exists within the paranormal community when it comes to research, and when it comes to sharing these bullshit, dubious claims, and when it comes to listeners who do not stay until the end of the episode or read the episode description. Always do that, guys. Always look for the main sources. Always stay tuned until the disclaimer Why am I doing this now? I don't know. Because I watched uh, this X-Files episode, I love it. It inspires me a lot. This is some fan thing that I made as a tribute to Lord Kimboat. And also, it is April 12th, which is the anniversary of Jose Chunks from Outer Space's original air date, so I really didn't plan this at all, like, I I was recording an episode for another podcast uh, on Jose Chunks from Outer Space, and synchronicities, dude, synchronicities. So, if you stayed until the end here, like, I hope you enjoy what I did, I hope you get the joke. I hope if you are someone from the copyright holder that you are aware that everything I mentioned is parody, is criticism, is education, though I am not doing this for academic purposes, but who knows, like maybe I come back to teaching one day and and use that episode during my classes, huh? Is that fair use? We'll see. So, have a nice day, guys.